Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on BlogTalkRadio.com, and I'm your host, Michael Fordham. If you just clicked the link on my webpage or you're listening on BlogTalkRadio.com or even the Blog Talk Radio player on my Facebook page and you want to call in live, look, we'd love to talk with you. So give us a call. The number is 347-326-9470. Oh, need a minute to get something to write with? But don't worry, I'll give the number again right after the commentary. Or if you like, you can Twitter me your questions and comments at twitter.com slash a measure of truth. Also, if you haven't yet, why don't you look me up on Facebook? I'm the Michael Fordham with a photo of me in studio, and you can always email me your questions and comments at a measure of truth at gmail.com. Look, we got a great show for you today. We'll be right back after this. Tonight on A Measure of Truth, we talk with Janet Thomas, founder of Bible Stories Theater of Fine and Performing Arts. This is a company that's dedicated to developing the total child by using educational theater programs and fully staged productions to build self-esteem, confidence, and a sense of community while celebrating diversity in a supportive, non-competitive atmosphere. The performing arts are a rigorous academic discipline which requires active learning through creation, practice, rehearsal, and performance of works of art. We, with great pleasure, bring to you Janet Thomas, founder of Bible Stories Theater and Fine in Performing Arts. Janet Thomas, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Glad to be here. 
Oh, well, thank you for joining us. And, um, you know, you've got a pretty unique um, company going on there, Bible Studies Theater. Tell us a little bit about where this concept came from. Oh, is it Bible Stories? Yes, Bible Stories Theater. Um, actually, uh, God spoke to me. I had been teaching Sunday school for, oh, my gosh, 15, 20 years. And uh, I had been writing fiction novels, and I had a published novel, and one of the members of my church asked me to write a stage play. And um, I told him I, I, I don't do stage plays, and he continued to gently pester me, and I said, no, I don't do stage plays. So I relented and did a stage play for the church, for that one persistent person. And from that time on, the Lord has told me that that was what he would have me to do. Having wrote a fiction novel since, <laughs> it's all been uh, all been stage productions geared toward the children because I was a uh, primary and first-grade Sunday school teacher, so my passion had always been for the small children and they're more open and thrilled to learn, and they're visual, very visual, So, and they understand when you put it before them and in, in their face. Now, how long had you so been a writer is, prior to this? I have been writing since 1994. Okay, and these fiction novels, are there something that we would recognize? Um, probably. Okay, tell us some of the titles. Uh, the, the title is, the first one that I wrote was Prisoners of Passion. The second was Passion Relinquished. And the third is For the Love of My Man. <laughs> now, you know, the reason totally why I wanted to... Totally different from <laughs> Yes, exactly. So, you know, this was, this was a major departure for you to go into writing plays and not novels as well as um you know changing your focus as well and uh tell well, us about that <laughs> yeah tell us a little bit about that defining moment that had you to just continue on on that path when it actually hit you that this is the thing you need to be doing now if I, if I could put a, a, a finger on it i would have to say i felt like abraham when God told him to leave his, his country, to leave his family, to leave his kindred. And I was kicking and fighting and screaming the whole way because I was into myself, thinking that the, the, the road to success was in fiction novels, and I was thinking along the path of the world where people love politics, crime, uh, dysfunctional families, and, and that was what seemed to be selling at the time that I was was writing. And plus, my story was based on the city of Alexandria, where I lived. Oh, okay. So I was, it was a, a, a love triangle. Mhm. Mm so when you started with Bible Stories Theater, Story. uh, tell us a little bit about how this actually about. I mean, 
What made you decide after doing this play to create a, a theater company based on this whole idea and concept? When I first got the concept to do Bible Story Theater was when I did uh, the very first stage production for myself was a title, Nefertiti, 18th Dynasty. And I was doing the research for the background um, for for my family tree, and I thought that uh, I was descended from Nefertiti. And in doing the research, um, the Holy Spirit hit me and said, well, that's why you need to, to look into yourself before you grab hold to, to, to something and, and cling to it because it might not be godly. And so my background in studying and teaching Bible the Bible to Sunday school students, the passion came to, uh, when I see their faces light up, and when I was doing auditions for the stage plays, many of the, the people that responded were young people, and, and it wasn't until I began to work with the young people that I realized just how deeply uh, troubled the teens were. One of the people that I uh, linked with was a uh, um, community worker in the recreation center, and he had a lot of children who he said it would be good to work with me, and he asked me, are you going to be able to handle it? And I'm like, why? He said, because they're rough, they're from the street. And that's when I found out that when you give them something to deter them, from the streets and you give them something constructive, you teach them lighting, you teach them uh, stage dressing, uh, building the craft, costumes, then they're focused on something that's positive and they're not on the street. They're, they're, they're dedicated to six to eight weeks of vigorous rehearsals, building this. And one of the things that we did was when we went to Suitland High School, they have a department where they teach sound and lighting, and that was very instrumental. So I, I was hooked. I was hooked. I'm like, this is what the children need in the whole metropolitan area. So how many kids are you talking about that are involved in the stage plays that you put together? Well, just to give you a clue, Nefertiti, we had 40 to 45 cast persons. Wow, that's just the cast? The cast, and that was, and out of those 45 to 50, maybe 12 were were adults. Mm-hmm. And then there was crew as well, right? So in total, how many people, how many young people would you say? Twenty-five. Wow, that's pretty awesome. So, and tell us about the performances and the uh, the impact. Um, what was the response when you guys actually put on your um, production? We did a production at uh, a school in uh, Landover, 
Thomas Johnson School. We did that for a lunchtime production. And the response was tremendous. And we would call back two more times. Really? And that was at the request of the students. So how big an audience would you say that was then? At that time, we did uh, seventh and eighth grade. Uh, so the whole seventh and eighth grade were at each production. And and, and they really responded to it. So they brought their parents. Yes. Now, this is something that's done at, at a secular school, and you're talking about Bible stories. And there mm-hmm. was there was a, a huge response to that. You know, that's something that most people wouldn't think would occur, would have happened. Did you expect that as well? Well, I, I did not, and that was because uh, at the time uh, I presented it to the principal, it was presented as an educational piece mm-hmm. because it was uh, Egyptian and it was part of uh, their studies into that period. Now, if I present it to a school now, I I cannot use the word Bible. I see. Really. Yeah. Wow. And, and so, and I'm, and it's, I even get the response from some churches as well. Okay. So they allow you to. Are there any other restrictions on the way you present your material other than not calling the production Bible? Oh, um, that's the only thing. Oh, well, that's that, the only that's thing. Good. I cannot use the word Bible. I cannot use biblical. Uh, I can't use religion in mm-hmm. the title I at see. all. But the the stories are, you know, still authentic and exact, and, and they are the Bible, so the instruction is there. Yes. But even and when told- I get the restriction from some schools, they tell me I can do it because I do have awareness uh, the awareness in the uh, arts for children before the title of Bible Stories. Mm-hmm. So they tell me to be very careful not to use Bible Stories. Too. I it's see. It's restricted to awareness in the arts. Hmm. You know, say Bible. It, it, it's just a shame that the, the world has come to this. There was a time where we would sing hymns in school, you know. Um, there was a time where these there was prayer in school, <laughs> you know, and mm-hmm. it's just amazing mm-hmm. today mm-hmm. because we're, we're mm-hmm. looking at the changes in our young people. So to to have you go back into a school environment and have people actually respond to what you do, I, I think is commendable in itself. And um, it, it's just um, very curious to me um, that the market for this is the young people that need it the most. But the yeah. restriction is not just in the school. Some of the, the community organizations, you would be surprised, who will not sponsor or participate in donating if they're very, very big in the community. Very mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some of the, the organizations that we shop at who give heaps of money to will not give, if I use the word Bible, Well, tell us a little bit. We don't, we want to make sure we we get a chance to talk about this as well because you have some events coming up and um, even some some contests, I believe, and things like that. Tell us a little bit about some of the goings on and some of the ways you're reaching out to the young people. 
One of the things that I'm very, 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 very excited about is, uh, and I had to change the name to this as well, was one of our fundraisers, and that was a double dutch competition, and it was called Jumping for Jesus. And in my uh, recruiting of volunteers, I gave each one a list of 10 schools, 10 recreation centers to go to and recruit the teenagers and double dutch teams. And uh, one of the things that they told me was that they were hitting a brick wall because the, the teachers and the schools and the recreation centers wouldn't let them sign up children on their site. But they they could come back when they were after school or out of school and get the, uh, the youth. So the White House, Michelle Obama, is fighting against obesity. So I'm excited about doing the Justice for Jesus. And we haven't had a double Dutch competition in the metropolitan area for many, many, many years, and I'm excited about that. The second is the uh, Corey's Bearable Storytelling uh, Playhouse, which is meant to be along the line of Rumpa Room, uh, Sesame Street, but the difference is we will be telling stories in a visual part using uh, a lady, and then we would have bears who are in costumes as bears, and they would be telling the stories, uh, demonstrating the acting part of the story. Oh, and after okay. that, for this Christmas, for this Christmas, I will be doing a major, major, big Christmas production called Emmanuel. And, and where will that be performed? Don't have a venue yet. Mm-hmm. But but we are searching in the metropolitan area for a venue. But, um, and you guys are already in rehearsing right now? We will be rehearsing the first week in September. Wow. You know, I want to come to one of your rehearsals one day. I want to get a chance to meet um, some of these young people that are involved and do a little, um, you know, on-the-spot interview with some of those folks as well, something that we can add to the next time we have you on when you're actually closer to the date of this production. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll come back with that um, shortly, right after this. Hi, I'm Michael Fordham, host of A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com. And I just wanted to let you know that during the next few months, Healthy Kinder Incorporated will be running its Give 5 campaign to raise money for childhood obesity prevention programs throughout the metropolitan area. Please visit the Give 5 campaign page on the website today at healthykinderkids.org to learn more about how you can make a significant difference in the lives of our children. Please share this message with your friends and family members to support this very important and worthy cause. Even their children can benefit from the Healthy Kinder programs. We encourage you to contact your congressperson and state representatives and ask them to support President Obama's health care reform plan. Prevention is key to the survival of our future generation. And thank you for taking time out of your busy day for a measure of truth. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. You're listening to A Measure of Truth on blogtalkradio.com, and we're talking with Janet Thomas about Bible Stories Theater. Welcome back, Janice. Thank you. And um, you're saying that you've got some um, events that are coming up, and um, 
We are just hoping to be able to um, have you on again closer to that time and promote this as much as possible, maybe even help you find a venue and some other uh, methods to get this story out. But tell people how they can contact you as well as your, your nonprofit that's connected to um, what you do. They can go to my website, which is www.biblestorystheater.org. They can email info at biblestorystheater.org, or they can call the 800 number, 800-892-5802. Or if you still use the snail mail of communication, you can mail the Bible Stories Theater, 107 South, just S period, West, W-E-S-T, Street, Suite 527, Alexandria, Virginia, 22314. All right, great. And um, now we want to talk a little bit about your your new gospel record label that you're starting. Tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that. Oh, my gosh. it's 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 really, really funny the whole writing stage plays and writing gospel music. And one of the things that um, I I used to say that I could never write a song because even when I write letters, they turn into short stories. And and to to write a song or to write poetry, you have to be disciplined. And then I have to give glory to God because everything that I've done since my fiction writing has been inspired by the Lord. And, um, and 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 every time I get an assignment, such as anything that would take me away from what I perceive myself to to do, and which is part of the growth period, he told me to write songs. So when I did Nefertiti, there came to me an idea to make music. I didn't want to go the route of getting licensed. Uh, soliciting the rights to play other people's music. So I sat down, pen to paper, and wrote the lyrics to first one song, and now I've written over maybe 125 songs. And the, the difficult part was, was uh, then I had to go out and get a producer to produce the music for it. And Wait a second. You just time. said you wrote 125 songs. How yeah. long did it take you to do that? Um, I could, sometimes I can write two to three songs a night. Hmm. So the 125 songs I've written in about three years. Really? So when you mm-hmm. when you say you wrote the songs, did you write the melodies? Did you have that in mind as well, or you just wrote the lyrics and the words to the song? I write the I write the lyrics. Then once I find a producer that I like and that is comfortable with, then they allow me. They they are very patient with me because I can't sing. <laughs> and so when I, <laughs> I'm with you. Oh my gosh! You know sing. what? If I if they were to put me on stage at one of my productions, and they would have me to sing a solo, you would think there was a fire because people would be running from the the auditorium. (laughs) But um, what I do is I sit down before we actually get the audience in to sing the song. 
I sit down with the producer and I hum the, the, the beat, the, the melody to how I want it. And usually when I get the song, I, I hear it in my head. Mm-hmm. And and you, you know how you sing in the shower? No, and I, I don't hear do it that. in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm, I'm backing away from the singing totally. You're not going to get me to admit to so, singing at all. <laughs> so that's what I do. So what we do is we sit down and um, we we work together mm-hmm. on the, the the beat and the melody and the hook. Mm-hmm. And wow. many times uh, I, I completely reformat the lyrics, which is. Uh, Sometimes a battle because mm-hmm. the Lord gave me the, the the song and He said, "Well, damn it, then you should put this here and then maybe move this around here." And I'm like, "No, that's not the way I heard it." Okay. Now tell us about so, your youngest artist, the the new young artist that you have coming out. The the youngest I have is is thirteen, mm-hmm. and she she sang. Um, the, the new theme song for Corey's Bears, and she will be singing. Um, well, tell us, own. tell us her name. Her name is Kaylin Griffith. Mm-hmm. And she's a and she's just sent from heaven. She's thirteen, mm-hmm. and she she loves the Lord. And and I just got a new song. You want to listen to it? I'm like, yes, yes. And the, so, but she can sing. Right. So she sings it to me, and she sings things beautifully, and uh, she's really filled with the spirit. So everything that she she, when it gets to heaven, it sounds like Mahalia Jackson. <laughs> really, wow! She yeah. she has a big voice like that. She has a, but she doesn't have the same, the, the the hard seasoned voice as Mahalia. Mm-hmm. But she 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 sings with that passion. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, you know, we hope to be able to hear a little bit more about that um, and hear some tracks and maybe even have her on in the near future as well. Um, we we plan on um, checking back with you, especially um, before this production is out. And um, now with the record company itself, will this also still be a part of the same um, nonprofit that you have or th- will this be a separate entity itself? It will be called Bible Story Records. And uh, it would be under the umbrella of, of Bible stories, but it would, it would not be a nonprofit. Uh, and, um, if I, if I, yeah. and give people an idea. So you're, you're talking gospel music in the sense of the storyline, but um, the music, is it traditional gospel or is it something that's more new age? It's new age. Oh, okay. I even have a uh, I, I even have a brass song. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that I took, <laughs> I took uh, um, when I was uh, uh, at one of the productions that we did at Thomas Johnson Middle School. One of the students came up to me and she said, "Miss Janet, I can rap." And I said, "You don't even talk." Yeah, is that because she's very very quiet and she was a recluse? Oh, you don't even talk. You you can't rap. So I invited her over to uh, the studio one day when I was doing uh, some other songs, and I had her just sit with me. And there's a there's a uh, rumor goes that goes around that Gladys Knight is called the one hit wonder. 
She goes in the studio, she gets the song, and she does it in one take. Well, this 16-year-old, the other guys that I took at the summers that I went to do some of the other albums that I did, I usually spent two to three weeks in the studio with them to do a single song. This young lady went in the studio, and the producer told her, when I put my finger, I want you to go ahead and do the song the way Miss Janet wrote it. She said, okay. She did it in one take. Awesome. And that's the song called I Give You Me. It's Mm -hmm. absolutely fabulous. Wow. 16 years old. So I do rap. Uh, I do the, the new age. I do the some of the traditional ones, the uh, I Am Your Lamb was was written for um, the one that is now 13 when she was eight. But when she went into the studio, she, she, it was terrifying for her to see all the equipment and she froze up. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so because we had the studio for that hour, the guys that were in there doing the other songs, they sang I Am Your Lamb. So it, that is definitely a traditional hymn, which is also awesome. So I, I do anything, anything. If, if rap will go reach the children, then they can rap it. If, if um, the senior citizens like something a little more traditional, then we do that. I'm even tapping into opera. <laughs> wow. Now that is a stretch. There's one song that I wrote There's a song that I wrote called uh, A Name Above All Names And I haven't decided if I'm going to do it On the same album But it will be a Contemporary New Age And and then the same song will be In opera Hmm. Interesting Mm -hmm. Well You you gave us quite an earful So um Well, we look forward to hearing how this all pans out and, um, you know, keeping up with um, how things, you know, progress with the record label as well as um, theater. And, um, you know, I just want to thank you for coming on board and um, sharing that information with us. And uh, we're going to take a quick break. And you can hang in there if you like, um, because we're going to talk with um, a representative from Young Lives, one of my favorite charities out there impacting the lives of young girls and um we'll come right back after this thank you for having me you're welcome hi i'm michael fordham host of a measure of truth on blogtalkradio.com and i want to take a quick minute to talk to you about young lives Young Lives is a unique, cutting-edge, nonprofit Christian organization designed to empower and equip pregnant and parenting teen moms to become productive citizens in the community, a program that partners teens and mature Christian women to provide teen girls in crisis with timely encouragement, guidance, and ongoing support. Through the power of presence, kids' and teens' lives are dramatically impacted when caring adults come alongside them, sharing God's love. Because someone believes in them, they begin to see that their lives have great worth, meaning, and purpose. This is just the first step of a lifelong journey. The choices they make today, based on God's love for them, will impact their future decisions, the careers they choose, the marriages they form, and the families they raise. 
All of this can be traced back to the time when a young life leader reached out and entered their world. Your support will provide girls with an opportunity to attend parenting classes, summer camp, and empowerment programs that just might change their lives. To learn more, visit their website at younglifedc.younglife.org or call the regional director, Sharon Holland, at 202-399-7017. Adriana, welcome to A Measure of Truth. Thank you, Michael. It's a pleasure. Oh, awesome. And I'm really just happy to have you guys back on again because I always like to check with you to see what you've got going on because you've got a lot of events generally happening during the summer. So where are you guys now? Currently, we're preparing to take about 30 teen moms and their babes to summer camp at Lake Champion in Glenspray, New York. The summer camp will be held August 6th through the 12th. So we're preparing to get those ladies and babies ready. All right. Have you guys already raised the money for that? No, we're still in in, um, campaign. We currently have a baby bottle campaign going on until the end of the month where we're asking for donations for this um, summer camp. Summer camp costs about $20,000 to send these 30 girls and their babies for a week-long camp um, from the D.C. area to New York. And so we're um, trying to find sponsors and donors from across the metro regional area to help us to afford. um, The camp is $550 per teen mom and her babe, but it affords them a full week of fun, fellowship. And for them, that's the first time they've left the D.C. metro area. Mm. And most of them, first time they've been on any kind of vacation at all. And that's what we hear. And they have never left the area in a vacation. They're not even familiar what a vacation is. Wow. Wow. And um, how young are some of these um, babies that are going to be going on the trip as well? The youngest baby that's going is 18 months. I believe the youngest infant that's going um, in August is 18 months. Wow. And and tell us a little bit about... um, what is is done with the girls throughout the year? What types of activities do you guys have with their mentors and the and the w- young women to be able to help them to be able to continue to to grow to become parents? Um, young lives offer um, teen moms and their baby parenting class on a weekly basis. Um, I'm excited because I serve as the Prince George's coordinator, and we just launched the Prince George's um, County chapter in May on May 6, 2011. So now we're able to offer hope to teen moms and their babies in Washington, D.C., Virginia, and Prince George's County. So we're excited about that. We offer weekly parenting classes, and these classes offer the teen moms life skills. We provide classes on budgeting, money management, time management, stress management, how to find a job, how to prepare for college. And so we we offer these programs on a weekly basis to the teen moms that we serve. Now, you mentioned college. Some of these young mothers um, had their children while they were still in high school. Uh, What do you guys do to be able to get them back on track? Is there a GED program as well that you guys help them with? 
We do. We actually make sure that we uh, we get them in touch with the various resources in the area, depending on where they live. So we do have a few moms that's currently enrolled in GED programs, but we also had two moms from the PG chapter that graduated high school on time. And that mm-hmm. one Virginia team mom began um, attending college at Northern Virginia Community College last week. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And um, how is it um, that you guys can help support these young girls as well when they are trying to get jobs as well as um, trying to find daycare and things like that so that they can continue to do these other things like go to school? What Young Lives do is try to reach out to organizations and churches and community and businesses to partner with Young Lives so that we can afford the resources needed to reach each girl that come into a Young Lives parenting class or is contacted by the Young Lives D.C. Uh, metro area office. We do that by uh, providing mentoring programs. We actually have um, partnerships and, and donors and the various community and churches who help to provide um, weekly meals at our parenting classes. And so we partner with some of our churches' women's ministry so that they can come and be an outreach. And from those outreach efforts, we are actually finding individuals who have skill sets and talents in marketing, um, human resources, business opportunities, business owners, so we're really trying to build partnerships and mentoring opportunities for the girls and the organization as communities. Oh, that's great. That's great. And, you know, it's really effective what you guys do because you are reaching girls who, like I said before, are in a crisis situation when a young girl becomes pregnant. Um, these young ladies, they're not at home with their mothers, are they? Most of the most of the the young moms we serve are not at home. Um, we get referrals from our court, court systems, our foster care systems. Mm-hmm. So we have a variety of young women that we we also are seeing an increase of homeless teen moms. So mm-hmm. we really have immediate needs for those who have resources or know about housing opportunities. We're um, really encountering a lot of homeless teen moms and their babies. And some of these girls are actually um, in group homes as well. Yes, we do have. We serve a lot of teen moms who are in the uh, group homes in the various uh, metro region areas. Wow. And, you know, I mean, this is something that people really need to think about. Um, You want to make an impact where it counts and and make a difference in the lives of young people. Uh, This is a a great place to do it because of uh, the need as well as the the effect. Um, When these young girls find um, a mentor, a a young woman that they can look up to, that will give them the information that they're they're needing to be able to survive in their lives as well as um, do the best that they can for their children, um, it doesn't take long before they really appreciate. I'm sure that, you know, this doesn't come immediately that they develop these relationships with their mentors, but what I've seen from some of the events I attended, uh, these young girls are very close and very, very thankful for the program and um, what it has done for them. 
Yeah, we're pleased that Young Lives really, we're providing a safe place for teen moms to come together, to build friendships, to address hard issues, but ultimately to experience God's love. These young girls are desperate for love to come into their lives, and Young Lives is doing just that. We're changing generations by reaching out to these young women, introducing them to Jesus Christ, helping them grow in their faith through practical, everyday means. Wow, that's great. And um, the interesting thing about what happens thereafter, too, is um, the young girls themselves were in a situation where um, they may have been looked down upon, but now they find a group of young women that are just like them in the same situation, people that they can really talk to and share their challenges and their feelings and their fears with and as well as have someone that they can all go to as well for guidance and support. So uh, I just can't say enough about how how great the work is that Young Lives does. And uh, I'm, I'm glad to see that you, yeah, the organization is growing and, and having a, even a deeper impact in the um, D.C. metropolitan area. Thank you, Michael. It's also rewarding work. Um, Every day that I get an opportunity to serve a teen mom and her babe, to me it's a personal. It's personal that I'm able to make a difference in my community, in the lives of someone else, knowing that what I'm doing, the fruits of my labor is not in vain, but I can see for years to come a change by just taking the time to not just to witness the love of Christ through words, by being there. There are many times these teen moms just want an ear to hear. They want someone to care. And Young Lives is there 24-7 for them. And so it's it's really rewarding for me personally. And um, for those who we're calling, always calling for volunteers, I can guarantee you that you think that you are helping a teen mom and her babe, you will walk away knowing that they have helped you become a better person. Wow, yeah. And, and that is something about giving and about, you know, volunteering and about giving of yourself. You find a reward in that. There's not just the blessings that God will bestow upon you for helping his children, but just for the the side of yourself or discovering a part of yourself that is fulfilled because of the the actions that you take to be able to help someone else unselfishly. And I think that this is something that everyone should think about. Um, you know, maybe you're not someone who could give money. Uh, maybe you can give your time. Um, if you're out there and um, you think that you might be able to, to give good advice and um, lend a helping hand to a young woman in crisis, I hope that you would consider um, Young Lives. Um, could you go ahead and just give them the contact information and how they can um, get in contact with you, Director, uh, for your chapter as well as for Young Lives in general? Yes. Yes, our contact information, you can call us at 571-276-04. Okay, Michael, hold on. 0401. I'll repeat that. 571. <laughs> okay. Five seven one two seven six zero four zero one. That's our telephone number. Our email address, and it goes directly to our regional director, is Sharon dot Holland at Young Lives 
sharon.holland.dc.younglife.org. Again, that's sharon.holland at younglifesdc.younglife.org. You can also visit us on www.younglifesdc.younglife.org. And you guys also have a Facebook page as well, right? We do have a Facebook page, and it's um, Facebook, and it's Young Lives DC. Oh, awesome. All right, and um, I'll post another link to your um, site as well and attach it to this show. And uh, I just want to thank you, Adriana, for taking time out and um, tell us again about the the Double Dutch event that's coming up. I'm sorry, not the Double Dutch, but you guys have a a camp that you're trying to raise money for. And um, is there a direct place on the website where they can go to so that they can donate and help these young girls take that um, retreat at the camp? Yes. If you go onto the main website, you there is a link that says Summer Camp 2011, and it will direct you into how to sponsor a teen and her babe to Summer Camp. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Adriana, and uh, we look forward to talking with you again real soon. It's my pleasure. Thank you. Well, right now we're going to take a quick break, and we'll before we go out, we've just got about 10 minutes or so left in the show. But here's a song. I always like to play something from um, Nia, and, uh, also known as a.k.a. Marnie Williams. But um, uh, she just speaks so much truth to power in her messages. And um, this is a young woman who was a former Philadelphia district attorney who is now a spoken word artist and um, she's just got some amazing amazing truth in her music and this is Mercy by Nia Mercy, mercy me Things ain't what they used to be, no. Things ain't what they used to be. We, we, us, that's you and me. We have got to be different. We can't stay the same. We have got to enlighten every member of the game. In this game of life, there's too much strife. There's too much hurt. There's too much hate. Everyone's perceptions cloud the debate. Right and wrong, wrong and right. Where is our fight? I say, let there be light. Truth first starts the healing of our pain. For us, he was slain. Ain't no time to be lame. It's time to reclaim, rebirth, and rename the game. I came to proclaim through enlightenment. And that's the only reason why I was sent and rest no more. No lies to adorn. We have to teach the kids all the reasons why We have to teach the kids not to fall but to fly there Killing each other, incarcerated, following the lie Mindlessly indoctrinated, why oh why could Willing it to be the reason, his ways still pleasing His grave, his legacy still breathing our minds Think about it if you will, the process of thinking He did kill as he set up for generation after generation It's still clear that we haven't recovered Shackle in the mind, my people, shackle in the mind, it's time for a revolution. You see, I think that 
A revolution is the only solution to this here pollution of the mind. A revolutionary method to unwash the brain, to cleanse the stain. The revolution is the truth. We must speak the truth and live the truth. A revolutionary method to rid us of corruption, destruction. We can't stop talking about it until our people, our children are thinking about it. Thinking, thinking it all, thinking it all. Up against the wall, our arms and legs spread tall. Y'all, can't you see the state of mind of the majority? Are the educated in the African-American community? The majority are the enlightened in the African-American community? The majority are the responsible men in the African-American community? The majority is spirituality. The majority of our youth, if you can't say yes, then it's time to be set free. Mercy, mercy me. Things ain't what they used to be. All the radio sings the sound of fornication bound, the sound of Sodom and Gomorrah bound. Explicit lyrics of lust, lust, lust. It's okay to sing about where to lick me, where to stick me. In our society, the adults they let it be. Mercy, mercy me for the children to see. In our society, right is wrong and wrong is right. That's the song they sing with all their might. Sober is wrong and DUI is right. That's the tune they chant with all their might. Crystal to drink. That's all they think, and that bitch of their mind sinks. Adorning nothing but a mink. Drink, 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 whore. Babylon does wink. Our society does sink into a pit of death. It stinks. When will we stop to think, think, think? But that's what they said about rock and roll. 103.9, this Jackie told. That's what replied half past nine to the sound of my words. Freedom of speech is what they say. Freedom to destroy the morals of yesterday. Well, this is what I have to say. This. That's what I have to say, y'all. How far are we? How far are we willing to go? How much are we willing to show? Slippery slope, this is a slippery slope. Act like we know, no righteousness as we glow. I ain't willing to go on the Sodom and Gomorrah show. Does anything go? Does anything go? Does anything go? Don't say no till you open your eyes. Take a look at your world. Anything goes on the radio, practically anything goes in that videos, anything goes on those reality shows, violence, cries, the video game woes, and that's why our children don't grow. Anything goes in a political game show, still the presidency is just what we know. Contradictions, true derelictions, responsibility and remission, it's all fiction, it's a lie. Mercy, mercy me, things ain't what they seem to be, no, if we don't grab the mic, make a plan, take a stand, this land will stand in the shoes of S&G. Can't you see that's the prophecy? Giving ourselves right with God is the only possibility of being free for eternity. If things ain't what they used to be then, when Marvin Gaye sang it, and things ain't what they used to be now, then we need to be on the ground, prostrate. Let's debate what we create, what we delegate to our youth, how we relate to the truth, our walk, and our gate. Let's get it straight before it's too late. Mercy, mercy, India Irene, don't look to get legit through their establishment. Don't even bother to attend. It was establishment to bend. Right, righteous. 
Keep your Oscar, keep your Grammy. Don't even send me a nomination, invitation of indoctrination, abomination. No need for validation from your pagan temple men of gold. Truth be told, I ain't so out for in. Heaven is my origin. Sin and no sin. Original sin it did begin when idolatry came. Satan to blame. Change the focus. Hocus pocus with his aim. Give you the world is his claim. Give you the world is his fame game is. That the game for you to praise God's name. Jealous is he, him only will it be. Why can't we see? Because we're blinded by the temporary nature of our temporal existence. It's resistance that we need. Rebuke Satan. Relate to God. Prostrate. Humility to create. Repent. Relent. Less is best. Arrogant lies. We must despise. Arrogant hypocrisy. We must not be. Fame is lame and arrogant is not down to earth. What's it worth? Nothing. You get what you ask for. Do not adore this world for it will not last. But you said so come to Pass, don't go so fast, stop. Job well done is what I live to hear, but not from you, man. Keep your cheering. God being all for I heard his call and I speak the words that I hear. The glory will be his and not mine. Divine, 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 thou art mine. Divine inspiration, divine, divine revelation, his holy creation. The vine was mine, is mine, and the way, and the way is the truth, and the truth is the life. Could it, might it be right? Let there be light. Take time to ponder, ponder the Father. Take time to contemplate, don't wait. Ponder and wonder, take it under consideration. Healing has begun. Denzel will, God say, well done. Money is the root, money is the loot, money our money is paper, back by what, where, when, that sin, ruby, diamond, gold now, that's true treasure, it's God's the pleasure, and his pleasure to endure, that's for sure, of these things you strip the earth for you to hoard, 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 all aboard the train to get what you dangle, truth you mangle, there's nothing behind the dollar but selfishness and debt restless, we've been sold a lie of the American dream, time to wake up and glean something else like righteousness, not the mess of this whole system, for it will lean and fall like the Babel Tower, God's will shall be done. Welcome back, Truth Seekers. That was Marnie, also known now as Nia. Look, you can go to MarnieWilliams.com to find out more information about Marnie Williams' books of poetry, as well as her her spoken word, as well as uh, all the things that she's got going on on her blog. Um, you will definitely want to pick up this CD, and anything that she produces is just so powerful. And um, I, I'm just, you know, happy to be able to have had her on the show a number of times, and we look forward to the next time we have her on. Well, we are coming towards the end of the show, and I just want to thank everyone for um, coming on, um, Adriana as well as Janet, and um, we look forward to hearing from you both again in the near future. Um, And I just want to say special thanks to our producer, Donna Hardiman. And I'm Michael Fordham, and you've been listening to A Measure of Truth. But before you go... Here's a little something to take with you. Ask God for wisdom daily, but know that your lesson can come from anybody or any situation, good or bad, friend or foe. Watch your thoughts. They become words. And watch your words. They become actions. And watch your actions. 
they become habits. And watch your habits, they become your character. And watch your character, it becomes your destiny. Until we meet again, take care of what becomes of you. If I may paraphrase Stephen King, the most important things are the hardest things to say. These are the things you feel ashamed of because mere words only diminish the thought. You see, words shrink things that seem limitless when they were in our hearts and minds to no more than just living size when brought out into the open. Oh, but it's more than that, isn't it? You see, the most important things lie too close to wherever your secret heart is buried. Like landmarks to a treasurer, your enemies would love to steal away and use against you at the worst possible moment. But still, you make revelations that cost you dearly, only to have people look at you like you're crazy, not understanding what you've said at all or why you thought it was so important that you almost cried when you were saying it. Do you know what's even worse than that? Is when the secret stays locked within and you can't get it out. Not for want of the courage to talk about it, but for want of someone who will just listen. Just listen. As someone who spends a great deal of time searching for the truth, the lesson that I've learned from this quote is, if you want the truth, you have to be prepared to release all judgment and be open enough to hear and accept the truth in whatever form it might take. Judgment alters the truth by changing how it's told or presented. Not accepting the truth stops the bearer from sharing the truth. Ignoring the truth kills ambition and is a recipe for disaster and makes success impossible. We all over the years have learned to guard ourselves against deception, but I've also come to realize that in most cases, you don't even have to discover or discern the truth. You just have to let it be and see it for what it is. Maybe you have a story too. It doesn't have to be just like the one we've heard. Hey, I just want to let you know, I'm here and I'm willing to listen. All I ask from you is a measure of truth.